0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hawkeye Nation podcast. HawkeyeNation.com. Andrew Downs here with you on an an anxious Wednesday morning. How about that? Here in the great state of Iowa. Anxious uh, for a few reasons. One, the, the Hawkeye men... Uh, lost last night to Duke. We'll get into that game. Uh, the Iowa women with a huge game tonight in a tough spot against a really good Iowa State team at Carver Hawkeye Arena. We'll touch on that. Obviously, the Iowa the uh, Iowa State men's game is Thursday night. That's a little worrisome. The Wisconsin game on Sunday is a little worrisome. And oh yeah, by the way. Uh, we've lost a bunch of football players to the transfer portal, and uh, even though I was one of the few schools to actually bring somebody in so far in this cycle, uh, there's still a lot of anxiety being felt around the football program and the the transfer portal as we sit here today, and, and who knows what news awaits us throughout the rest of the day. I appreciate you listening to this. We'll uh, we'll spend a little time here talking Hawkeye sports uh, from all angles, and we'll start with last night's game, a 74-62 loss to Duke at Madison Square Garden, the Jimmy V Classic. And, you know, I just didn't play well. Didn't play well enough to win in that game. Um, and that's it's – a, it's a problem. Shooting has been a problem for this team. I saw Chad Lysico put the stats together from the last four games, 25% from three over those last four games, three of 16 last night, 18% from three. And uh and just not getting the production out of the places where you really need to get it. And that's, you know, Peyton Sanford 0 for four from three point land last night. Chris Murray 0 for three. Patrick McCaffrey one of three. Aaron Eulis had a couple of open looks. He hit one, one of three. Tony Perkins, one of two. Those guys aren't big three point shooters. But um if Sanford, Chris, and Patrick aren't hitting from three, you're you're gonna be in trouble. And if Chris Murray gets bottled up the way he did last night by Duke and uh and, and has been a couple of times this season, you need to find somebody else to to be your kind of go to scorer and Iowa just doesn't have that right now. Um at least not with any consistency. Uh in the game against Clemson, Patrick McCaffrey and Tony Perkins were able to step up against TCU, uh they weren't and, and against Duke last night they weren't. Uh Iowa just has to just has to be better on offense. It's not like Duke was a great defensive team. It's not like, uh, I mean, they, they did a really good job on Chris Murray. There's no question about that. He wasn't able to get loose. He was obviously bothered all night by the physical defense that Duke played on him he wasn't able to get those open looks but there were open looks there were shots to be had there were shots to be made uh three layups in the first half by Philip Bracha now he he you know more than made up for that in in other areas of the game i thought he had a pretty good game overall scored 10 points had eight rebounds um and and that's kind of what you expect from him especially in a game where you got a couple of seven footers against you um and so I thought Philip Pobracha really kind of held his own. But, again, if Chris Murray is going to get bottled up the way he did, only have eight points, did have seven rebounds and three assists, so was able to kind of make his mark in other areas, but wasn't even on the floor at the end of the game when Iowa cut the lead to eight with a little 8-0 run late. Um, it, you know, it, it was it was DeSante Bowen that was kind of the go-to guy in that moment. Um I would just needs to, to shoot better. If you score, if Iowa scores in the 60s, they're probably not going to win many of these games. And you look ahead, and you got a couple of really good defensive teams coming to Carver Hawkeye Arena later this week. We talked going into this week that you know three and O was you're off to the races. Everybody feels great. You know, sky's the limit. Two and one, you feel pretty good about. One and two is not great, but you you can accept it. And 0 and three is like uh oh. And I think you know if Iowa doesn't find a way to to shoot better than they did last night, you may be looking at an zero and three week here. Obviously, that's that's premature. We'll see how how all of this goes and and how the Hawkeyes are able to uh, to regroup, recover. What time they actually get back to got back to Iowa City early this morning, and uh, and then the quick turnaround because tomorrow night seven o'clock the Cyclones are in town, and, and Iowa State is a team that really. Um, really defends how this game is called is going to be really I- interesting. You know, are are the refs letting them play? And if so, that that certainly is an advantage to Iowa State. If they're calling everything, Iowa State's gotten into foul trouble before in the first half. Uh, if if you have refs who are calling everything and and not allowing Iowa State to get away with some of that stuff and calling it consistent consistently in both halves, then that's advantage to Iowa. Uh, but now this becomes an even bigger game. Um, you know, Iowa, again, none of this is, is a, a season sinker. The great thing about college basketball is it's such a long season, and the great thing about playing in a league like the Big Ten is you have ample opportunity to make up for any non-conference issues that you have. Uh, if you go into the Big Ten and play well there, that that's more than enough to get you into the NCAA tournament, and ultimately that's the goal. Um, but it'd be nice to, to knock out Iowa State here uh, to regain supremacy in the state. Uh, and it's it's going to be a really tough challenge on a short week, uh, on a short rest, on a short prep for this team. And again, it's it's you know Duke is a very good team. They're well coached, they have great recruits, a lot of talent. There's no shame in losing to Duke. The frustrating thing was it didn't feel like you should have lost to Duke by 12. It felt like you should have been in that game. You make a couple of more of those easily made shots. You hit a couple of more threes. You have some of your, you know, you run that, you maybe run, try to run the offense through Chris Murray a little bit more, and you feel pretty good about that. The, the bright spot from last night was Desante Bone, who had 17 minutes. You know, he looked good against Georgia Tech, but didn't play a whole lot. But he, he played 17 minutes last night and had 12 points, all in the second half, five of seven from the field, and uh, and really was going at Duke at a time where the rest of Iowa's team kind of wasn't. And uh, so that was a really Desante Bowen and uh, you know stepping out and saying, "Hey, I'm the guy. I can lead this team. I can do. I can play this position in these big moments. I can score. I can get to the basket. Uh, I can be effective." So we'll see how that then translates to to more playing time moving forward in a week like this. I know Fran McCaffrey talked about this earlier, uh, maybe late last week that. You're going to have to use more guys like DeSante Bowen. Josh Dix, who had four minutes last night. Josh Agundale, who had eight minutes last night and, and looked pretty good at the, the time he was out there. Uh, just because you, you, you're on such short rests, such quick turnarounds with such physical teams, that you you need to deepen the bench a little bit. You have to rely on your depth. And maybe this is a, a week for DeSante Bowen to really kind of show himself that maybe he's the guy you, you want to start at point guard instead of Aaron Ulis, who had five points last night, a couple of assists, uh, in, in just 21 minutes in, in his starting role. Peyton Sanford, you, you, you know, I know Fran is super um, confident that Peyton Sanford is going to figure this out, that he's going to, to get hot, and that, you know, it, it'll you know, get back to the, the average of, of him. But he has been bad these last few games. He's tried to, to affect the game in other areas, had a couple of rebounds, a couple of assists, a steal. Uh, He rebounded one of his own three-point misses and put it right back in. Uh, So he had four points last night, but he's out there to to be your your knockdown shooter. He's out there to to hit some threes, and he just hasn't been doing that over the last several games. That's why he got pulled out of the starting lineup, and that's why you're seeing his minutes uh, continue to fall. You need Peyton Sanford to be good if you're going to do anything this year. If you're going to have a good season, you need a guy like that uh, to keep the defense honest, to be out there hitting threes, Let's hope that he's able to come around. And then Chris Murray, you know, he just he can't disappear ever. And that's so much to put on a player. But he's Iowa's best player. Uh, it's it's a lot to ask. But he's asked for this, right? Like th- this is a a mantle that, that he wants. Um, and you, you can't. You can't have eight points if you're Iowa's best player in a game against Duke on a neutral court. It's just not going to work. So, a 12-point loss for the Hawkeyes, and uh, and again, now time to just quickly get back, get some rest, get your legs back under you, and away we go to the uh, the Hawk men's game Thursday night. Uh, I do plan to have an a, um, instant reaction podcast after that game. That, that game last night, the Duke game, it just got, it got pushed so late after the Illinois-Texas game went into overtime, and... Uh, it just, you know, it was ultimately just too late for me to to do this. And so uh, giving you a little Wednesday edition of the podcast here, and then we'll talk more hoops as we go through. Uh, Wisconsin beat Maryland last night. That's a really good win. Wisconsin's a good team. Um, that's anything but a sure thing on Sunday in your first Big Ten game of the season. Uh, and again, it'll be another quick turnaround after the Thursday game, which I expect to be a physical game against Iowa State. A big week for the Hawkeye men. Let's hope that they're able to kind of regroup here and uh, and and get something good out of it. The Iowa women tonight taking on Iowa State, uh, 16th ranked Iowa women, eighth ranked, uh, 10th ranked, I guess right, right now. Iowa State women, um, and this is a, a big challenge. I think I saw Circa Sports has a line where is favored by three. That's probably because of the home court. It's also probably because of the Cl- Caitlin Clark. Of it all, and, and you expect Caitlin to get hers, but uh, who else is going to step up? Who else is going to be that, that second scorer? Uh, how is Monica Sinano going to do against Stephanie Suarez and, and the, the kind of piece that Iowa State has been missing over the last couple of seasons that's now there in uh, in the, the big woman of, of Stephanie Suarez and, and what she has provided to this Iowa State team? This is a hell of a challenge for Iowa tonight. Um, I, I don't feel confident that Iowa's going to find a way to win just because they've been so inconsistent. Um, I I feel fine about Iowa women uh, as the season goes on you know last year they had that covid shutdown where they missed a couple of weeks uh, right about this time of year and that that really threw them off and they weren't able to really regain their footing until you know into January and they still were able to to win the Big 10 regular season to win the Big 10 tournament championship uh, and ultimately get bounced a little earlier than than hoped uh than expected in the NCAA tournament but uh, this so so I feel good that this Iowa women's team and Lisa Bluder and the staff and, and Caitlin Clark and, and all of them will will get this figured out at some point. But you've had such a tough schedule up until now—games against NC State and UConn, and now Iowa State—that uh, you you didn't give yourself any time to to get this together, and and you probably didn't think you needed it because you had the entire team coming back, and so you didn't need to kind of find that chemistry or find your footing. Uh, But it it appears that Iowa has needed to do that, does need to find some more consistency, does need to find some defense, does need to find some scoring outside of Caitlin Clark. And it's, again, just another really, really big challenge tonight in this women's game. Um, I hope Iowa can pull it off. It'd be a huge win if they can. Uh, but Iowa State's a complete team. They're playing really well right now, and uh, and this is going to be a hell of a challenge for, for the Iowa Iowa women. It, it can't be a cyclone state in in football, men's and women's basketball. Thank God we got them in wrestling for an 18th straight time. That was a little closer than, than I think most of us hoped it would be. Uh, but need to, to find a way to get a couple of wins here in these next couple of days and uh, and and reassert our dominance in the great state of Iowa. learn more at marines.com All right, so there's a ton going on outside of basketball and and you know, much like last week when I did a podcast, I said, you know, some of this will probably change even by the time you you listen to this and and that's just kind of where we are. It's really hard to kind of wrap your head around um, all of the transfer portal stuff in college football and and it's hard not to kind of take things personally or feel like things are affecting Iowa on a different level than they are affecting other p- other places but you just look around the country and this is happening everywhere it's happening uh to everybody it's happening within every program and it's just a it's a new normal that's it's going to take a few years and a few cycles I think for us to fully figure out uh as as players as programs and then for us as fans um, because this is going to happen every year. You're going to have transfers out of your program. Who, I mean, some of them that you you probably expect and understand and can logically reason, uh, and then some that that you can't, like a Justin Jacobs or a Terry Roberts. Why would you leave Iowa's defense? Why would you leave uh, being the 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 number one linebacker in a, on a in a program that? sends linebackers to the NFL regularly that is coming off a season where they had the defensive player of the year in the conference at linebacker. Why would you leave that situation, and why would you leave Phil Parker? If you're Terry Roberts, after five years, why leave and go play your your last year somewhere else when you're probably slotted to be a a starting cornerback next season replacing Riley Moss, and you have such a big role on, on special teams, and it feels like things are... Possibly changing for the better, and you got one more year to win the Big Ten West before divisions go away. Um, some of those things just don't make logical sense to us, but we're on the outside looking in. We don't understand the entire situation, and this is going to happen every season. And it sucks, but it's also the right thing. <laughs> it's the right thing for the players. They should have this ability. They should be able to to move uh, as they see fit. And they should be able to leverage their talent and their marketability to make money off their names, image, and likeness. Um, and so while I understand why this is all happening, it's still going to take us all a while to kind of um, figure it out, come to terms with it, and, and kind of reassess how, how we are as fans. How much stock do we put into individual players how much stock do we put into high school recruiting which now feels like it's way less important for a couple of reasons one you can recruit a transfer portal where you've seen guys play at this level or at some a level similar to this in college football whether that be in a power five school or a a group of five school or an fcs school at least you kind of know a little bit more about what you're getting and then how how invested do you get into high school recruits that you're excited about knowing that there's a chance and maybe a pretty good chance that they won't end their career with the Hawkeyes. That at some point something's going to happen. Somebody else will get in front of them, some situation they don't like, or they'll get so good that some other school will come with a bag of money. It, it's it's really going to affect how we all the relationship that we all kind of feel like we have with these players, and we don't really have much of a relationship with them, but the the one that we feel like we have, you know, the 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 thing that kind of brings us to our TVs every Saturday or brings us out to Kinnick Stadium every Saturday to cheer for these guys. It's it's going to take a while for us to get our heads around this stuff. Uh, haven't been surprised by the offensive skill players who have left. Uh, haven't been surprised. Won't be surprised if, if more of them leave. You know, if if a Deontay Vines or or somebody like that decides it's time to go for LeSean Williams, uh, won't be super surprised to lose guys on offense. Uh, so again, not surprised that Arlen Bruce or Keegan Johnson or Gavin Williams um, or Alex Padilla decided to transfer. Wish some of those guys wouldn't. Hope maybe they'll they'll reconsider, but not really surprised by that. I, I have been surprised by the defensive stuff, but again, that's that's more of a me thing than it is a them thing. You also just have to understand that this process is going to be painful at the beginning. You're going to lose guys before you get, get guys. And I was one of the few programs—I saw Kennington Smith of the Register kind of tweeting through this last night. I was one of the few programs who already has a commit, and a big commit, a good commit, one that has us all excited, in Cade McNamara, uh, the quarterback from Michigan. It feels like Eric Hall, the tight end from Michigan, is going to follow him here. Um, so, Iowa, while it feels like you're losing a lot, you're also— you're also getting some things, and and that will continue. the The necessity of this process is for a bunch of guys to jump into the portal early, and then slowly find homes. And so it's going to take a while. Meanwhile, you got a bowl game to, to prepare for, and and hopefully an offensive scheme and maybe an offensive staff to change. And so you can't expect that on day one of the portal you're going to lose eight guys, and on day two of the portal you're going to bring in guys to replace each of those each of those people. Um, but it, it's so it's it's going to be painful at first for everybody. You got to love that Cade McNamara is coming to Iowa. Uh, we talked a little bit about that last week, but I think it was before he actually made that announcement. I mean, how how exciting is that? How much more excitement does that give you? Uh, how much fun is that going to be to see him in a Hawkeye uniform, whether that be uh, sometime in the spring or not until the fall? Uh, and then what what can he do to recruit other guys? Again, it seems like Eric all the the tight end for Michigan, maybe following his quarterback here. Who else wants to come play for Cade McNamara? And and what offense are, are you going to to be playing in? You, you need to get some receivers. Uh, sounds like that Bama receiver uh, is not going to happen. Um, Trayshawn Holden, uh, David Eichel from Twenty Four Seven Sports, um, kind of put the kibosh on that a little bit. Uh, solid, um, pump our brakes a little bit on, on that one because I think a lot of people felt, I, me included, felt like he was going to come. But you need to go get with some receivers, and and you know you may need to get creative with that. Find some guys from the lower levels, from group of five schools, who want to come and play in the Big Ten and want to uh, have a really good opportunity to um, to win a Big Ten West and play for a Big Ten championship. And and now you've got a quarterback for the next two years. You feel good about. And, and, again, until we know what the offensive changes are going to be, if any, uh, it's it's hard to get too excited about this offense going into next season. Um, but you, you need to go get some players out of the transfer portal there. You need to get some defensive players out of the transfer portal also. And, and that should be easier for Iowa. Come play for Phil Parker. Come play for one of the best defenses year in and year out, uh, not just in the Big Ten but in the country. If you're a defensive back, hey, come – to this guy who's who's put a bunch of them in the NFL. If you're a defensive lineman or a linebacker, really any area of the defense, come to Iowa, get put in the NFL, get national accolades. Even if your team isn't great, even if the offense isn't great, people see how good the defense is. Uh, maybe give you more credit for how good you are because the offense is so bad. So it feels like Iowa needs to be active. I think the really good thing is, is that Iowa is active, and Iowa is open to it. And, and the fear that a lot of us had... About Kirk Ferentz being against this or being reluctant to it, uh, I, I think that has to go away at this point. You have to feel good that Kirk Ferentz and and Iowa staff are active in the portal, are aggressively pursuing uh, these guys, are open to the fact that their roster might turn over year in and year out through the portal, and if uh, you, you feel you feel good about that, you feel good about where Iowa is with the the NIL collective, the swarm collective. Um, I know we had. Brad Heinrichs, the, the CEO of the Swarm Collective on our radio shows in Des Moines last week, and one of the things he talked about was, you know, they have about $3 million a year right now, and they're hoping to get to $10 million a year. So, they have a long way to go, but clearly, they're players. Clearly, uh, they were able to put together enough of a, of, a, of a package to get Cade McNamara to sign when he did. It appears that they've put enough of a package together to keep Caden Proctor's recruitment uh, and, and commitment to Iowa. That's a big, big deal. So, well, we all may have been, uh, you know, we we were certainly late to the party a year ago. Iowa didn't really have a collective, and so when the transfer portal stuff was happening a year ago, Iowa wasn't really a player. And now Iowa is a player, and and hopefully will continue to be more of a player. I, I don't think, I don't think the Swarm Collective could have ever asked for a better fundraising opportunity than you know locking down Cade McNamara going into next season. So. You know, whether you want to support a collective or not, whether you uh, are able to or or feel like that's something that that is your responsibility as a fan, um, that's up to you. That's a you decision. Uh, But clearly, I was in the game, is willing to play the game, is, you know, maybe willing to to get a little dirty uh, as needed. And I'm okay with that. I think you have to be okay with that. You have to keep up in college football right now. Uh, as I'm recording this, uh, news is coming out that Jeff Brom is leaving Purdue to go to Louisville. That's um, that's very interesting to me. Uh, I was I'm surprised by that. I thought Brom, uh, why leave the Big Ten? Even though things are going to get more difficult in the Big Ten, you got a pretty good thing going in Purdue. You just played for a Big Ten championship, and it feels like you have a fan base where you could build kind of what Kirk Ferentz has built. If you get seven, eight, nine, ten wins a year, jump up above that every couple of years. Uh, every you know, every few years you get to ten and and maybe compete for something major. Uh, it feels like Purdue fans will keep you around for a long time. I guess that's not the case, and uh, that's really good news for Iowa fans. Man, that's really good news for Iowa fans. Now the problem is the last couple of coaches we've seen leave the Big Ten have been uh, upgraded by their teams because now there's so much money in the Big Ten that Big Ten schools aren't aren't going and, and searching the MAC for head coaches, right? They're going and searching other Power 5 conferences. They should go and search the NFL. Uh, the The Big Ten has enough money now that when you replace a coach, you expect to get a big name. It's going to be interesting to see what Purdue does here uh, moving forward. But that, that news is just kind of breaking here this morning uh, as, I, as I record this podcast and as I kind of start to wrap things up here. Uh, changes coming to the coaching staff, I have no idea. I hope so. I don't know what it means uh, that Cade McNamara... I, I think Cade McNamara signing tells you one thing and one thing only, and that's that he has an idea, and therefore Iowa has an idea of what they're going to do moving forward. Now, I don't know what that idea is. You could look at it two ways. One, that he knows... He, he would never sign with Iowa if they were going to keep the same system, keep the same coordinator, keep the same scheme. So he knows changes are coming, and he probably knows what those changes are. Uh, that's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is he would never sign with Iowa if he knew they were going to fire their offensive coordinator in a month. So maybe changes aren't coming. Maybe Brian Ferentz is staying. Maybe some minor changes are coming. A, a new quarterback's coach. A promise to Cade that the scheme is going to change. or That Kirk Ferentz is going to let go of the reins and let Brian do his thing. I don't know what that looks like. Does it look like Josh Gaddis from Miami, who was with Cade McNamara at Michigan, coming in as offensive coordinator? I think that's probably best-case scenario. I think best-case scenario is you you find a way to either reassign or or get rid of Brian Ferentz after the bowl game, and you bring in a guy like Josh Gattis uh, who can kind of revamp your offense and hopefully has the the clout to tell Kirk Ferentz, no, we're not running what you want to run. We're running what I want to run. I don't know if that's going to happen. I know it's not going to happen before the bowl game. We are in season. So Kirk Ferentz doesn't make coaching changes in season. So, we'll just have to kind of wait and see as that goes. The bowl game we haven't really talked about that, the Music City Bowl, uh, a rematch against Kentucky. It's kind of cool to to play against Mark Stoops again, I guess. Um, and this is going to be a, these are both going to be very different teams uh, as far as the 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 Hawkeye and and Kentucky uh, offenses, most likely different quarterbacks for Kentucky, a different quarterback for Kentucky and uh, and certainly a different quarterback for for Iowa. Spencer Petrus had surgery uh, will not be available for the bowl game Kirk Ferentz said he probably wouldn't even be throwing by spring football and I don't expect him to be part of Iowa's program when it comes to spring football and so hats off to Spencer Petras. Um you won a lot of games you did a lot of good, it wasn't always great, you got booed a lot um, I hope it wasn't a bad experience overall you, you handled yourself very very well Spencer you really did uh, I wish it had been better I wish it had a better ending But man As as a person You couldn't have asked for any more Than what Spencer Petras gave you We'll always have Penn State We'll always have that touchdown To, to beat Penn State uh, and, and then Alex is moving on. So now you look at Joey Labus and Carson May and, and which guy is able to win this job in the next couple of weeks, and then what are they able to do in spring to kind of push Cade McNamara and, uh, and, and try to, to win a starting job? Does, does one of these guys transfer after the bowl game if they're not the, the go-to guy? Do both of these guys get snaps in the bowl game? Might as well, right? Unless one is head and shoulders better than the other. But even if, even if that's the case, we've seen that practice doesn't always translate to on-field You have nothing to lose in this game. Sure, you'd like to win, and and I hope a lot of Hawkeye fans go to Nashville. It's a perfect time for that game, the morning of uh, New Year's Eve. You're out of the stadium mid-afternoon. You get to spend New Year's Eve in Nashville. You probably only need to to take one day off work, drive down Friday, hang out Saturday, drive home Sunday. Um, I, I hope a lot of fans make it there. But it's, it's not a real important game. It's more important for any, than anything to kind of send Jack Campbell and Sam Laporta and Kayvon Merriweather and some of those other guys off with a, a good game and a good showing. Um, but you, you want to just kind of see what you have in Joey Labus and Carson May and and some of the other younger guys, some of the young receivers who uh, have now had a full season in the program and, and you should be able to rely on a, at least a little bit. Uh, to to make some plays and to to at least know the routes and, and all of that kind of stuff. What kind of a chemistry have they built up with these backup quarterbacks throughout the season? It'll be interesting to see. I'm excited to see it. I'm glad. I'd rather have Iowa in a game than than not in a game. Um, it'll be it'll be fun. It'll be interesting. It's gonna it's gonna continue to be interesting here. There's gonna be a lot to talk about. Uh, try to just take this all. With a steady hand. Try not to get too high or too low. And I'm talking about all of it. It's transfer portal stuff. Guys coming in. Guys going out. Basketball stuff. Winning games. Losing games. Playing well. Not playing well. Uh, try to just take it all with a deep breath. Whew, with some slow steps. It's going to get nuts. The transfer portal stuff's probably going to get worse before it gets better. But hey, that's okay. We're in the same boat as everybody else. Let's hope... For a Hawkeye victory tonight in the women's game, let's hope for a Hawkeye victory tomorrow night in the men's game. This is, after all, a Hawkeye state. We'll have it all covered at HawkeyeNation.com from every angle, uh, every bit of news, just just bookmarkhawkeynation.com. Follow us on Twitter and on Facebook and uh, and keep listening to these podcasts. We'll keep you updated uh, throughout this entire uh, off-season of football. I guess we're not quite in the off-season yet, and obviously the the men's and women's basketball season, wrestling. Uh, There's a lot going on, as there always is, in in Hawkeye Nation. I appreciate you listening, and go Hawks!